Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast, part of the Action Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. I am joined for the podcast, as I am, every episode by my BFF, my companion, my compadre. Don't forget, we're presented by Bet365. Professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Hello, Chad. How you doing, my guy? My brother. You know what I can't wait for? NFL season will start, and you and I will be talking every single mother-loving day. <laughs> We're going to have a podcast on Sunday nights that is live as the late afternoon games end, as first lines are coming up, reviewing our pain points, we'll have a podcast on Tuesday that's live. We'll have a podcast on Thursday that's live. We'll have a show on Sunday that's live. We'll probably have a show on Wednesday. I'll get you every single day instead of, you know, a couple pop-ins during the week where I get to see your beautiful face. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to keep busy, Chad. I literally went and flew to go see a volcano last week just to keep busy. I'm like, uh, I'm exploring, but I'm also like, how can I just do something to keep me not thinking about football? Because I can't stop betting. I can't stop betting Rams futures. I can't stop betting Bears futures, Denver Bronco futures. Chad, it's it's bad. So I'm trying to stay busy, seeing volcanoes, uh, maybe going to Japan in a couple of weeks. Um, it's been fun, but I can't wait for football. I did see uh, your volcano post uh, in your Instagram <laughs> stories. Yeah, it was crazy. People, uh, someone asked me what it was like, and I try to explain to them. It's like seeing a million fireworks at once. It's really, I don't even know. I, I was probably half a mile away, and I could feel the heat. I mean, it's it's that intense volcano. So um, my brother, unfortunately, is flying in tomorrow. And I promise when we go see the volcano, guess what stopped spewing lava yesterday? No. Volcano. <laughs> yeah. So I feel terrible. He's flying all the way out to Hawaii. I mean, we'll still have a good time, but um, he's not going to be able to check it off his bucket list because the volcano has uh, stopped shooting out lava. Soon enough, Simon, it'll be football season. Thank God. We'll be betting our mother-loving faces off. Until then... We will be betting aggressively 
on the NBA draft, yep. which is happening this week. It's happening Thursday night from Barclays. Um, Brandon Anderson, who has done brilliant stuff with the NBA, uh, a popular co-host on both our Buckets Basketball Podcast and the Action Network podcast during NFL season. He's going to join us. He's got some really interesting takes on uh, Wemby, Victor Wembinyama, the uh, expected to be number one overall pick for the Spurs and some great rookie of the year takes, some great draft takes. As a reminder, the Favorites podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer, bet $1 on any game, get $200 in bonus bets, and Bet365 is now live in Iowa. For new users in the Hawkeye State, you get an even bigger sign-up offer. Bet $1 and get $365. That's $365 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. As I say every week, you guys hear us talk about game game time the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. I love game time. Honestly, I use it all the time. And if you're looking to get out to a pro or college game this week or even a concert, game time has amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of these. I can promise you I'm going away in a few weeks, going to Seattle. Me and my kid, we're going to go to a Mariners game. I'm going to buy tickets for the Mariners game on game time. I said Barclays draft tomorrow night. I'm in New York City right now. I'm going to the draft tomorrow night. If I wanted to go to the draft tomorrow night and I didn't have a credential, I could get in for as little as 46 bucks. I can also get to a Yankees game tonight for nine bucks. No matter where you live, download the GameTime app, get out and have some fun this week. You deserve it. And you can redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just download the app and enter code favorites for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Brandon Anderson, dude, you wrote a flamethrower of a piece <laughs> that posted yesterday in the Action Network app and on actionnetwork.com. Uh, I mean, practical violence on Victor Wembenyama. Yeah, look, this guy is the the most hyped NBA prospect that we have seen at least since LeBron James. Maybe you've heard of LeBron, maybe ever. Like we have we have the wild hype out here. We've got like here's some of the hype that we're seeing. We've got Mike Schmitz calls Wemiyama the best prospect he's ever evaluated. This is his life's work. He's evaluating prospects. Wemiyama, <laughs> number one, all time. We got Woj. Calls Wemenyama the greatest prospect in the history of team sports. Let me just say one thing. He said that. He said that the night of the draft lottery, he was on set with uh, Richard Jefferson and Malika. And he said this. And it was such hyperbole. And it was so over the top. I swear to God, I saw Richard Jefferson just shaking his head like, I cannot believe this guy's saying this right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the hyperbole... The hyperbole is ridiculous, but then you watch Wemanyama play and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I watching right now? We have created like a, a 2K player and then made him an actual real life player. He's seven foot four. He has an eight foot wingspan. Like picture two park benches right next to each other. 
this guy just reaches his hands out and touches the ends of both park benches. That's the wingspan we have. He's a 10 foot standing reach. That means flat foot under the basket. Just touch the rim. No problem. Just touch the rim. I can do that out here. Like Rudy Gobert, the guy that my Minnesota Timberwolves traded away like a thousand picks and all their players for last year, five inches shorter standing reach. This is the center, like many time defensive player of the year. Weminyama's five inches taller standing reach, but on offense, he looks like Kevin Durant. He, we have this like seven foot four dude dribbling between his legs, bringing the ball up the court, taking step back jumpers, taking one legged step back threes. Like, what are we watching? It's impossible not to see that happen and be like, I don't know what this player is. He could be, Woj said, and I think that same quote that he thinks, he said executives tell him three years from now, that, that Wembyama will be the best offensive and defensive player in the entire league at that point. So this is the guy going number one, minus 100,000 right now to go number one to the Spurs. So we know that that's different than a usual draft, but that's where we start with things for sure. I love everything about the NBA draft, especially the stupid hype. That's, that's the best part. I mean, <laughs> what was it, three, four years ago, Zion was the best prospect ever. And then it turns out he's addicted to porn stars, but I don't think Victor's going to be the same way. Um, he seems like he's more adult-like, but, you know, it's just, this is the this is the beast that the NBA is, right? The NBA is all about the new toy. It's about the next guy, and everyone's been waiting for that LeBron replacement. I just, I, I just don't see it here. This kid, I, I get the hype and I get the love, but especially after reading your article, there's just a lot of little red flags with him. Another than the fact that this guy looks like he weighs 100 pounds soaking wet. Again, <laughs> he could put on the body weight, but we saw Durant adjusted to it, right? A, a Durant never got jacked, never got big. He adjusted to the league and made his body perfect for what the league is, which is he's long, he's lean, but he doesn't let people put weight into him, right? I think that's something Victor's got to learn to play with. So um, I, I love everything you're saying right now. It's also one of those where I feel like we're on the same page of, fade this kid like this is one of these things we have to kind of fade him we don't want to fade him right but we kind of have to just because this is like the craziest hype ever I just want to get your level of have you ever remember seeing a player hyped like this I mean again I said the Zion thing Zion was kind of like a mystical thing right it was like this guy dominated college at Duke busted out of his shoe I've been hearing about Victor for man it might be three years now four years like I remember seeing his little film playing in France or maybe it was Spain when he was like, I don't even know, 16, 15. Is this like the last of this dying breed, right? Is this the last of these hyped European players? Or is this about to be a pipeline thing where we just see year after year, there's these great players coming from Europe? Yeah, I mean, look, we have right now NBA champion Nikola Jokic out of Serbia. Everyone right. wants Jokic right now. We have NBA champion Giannis Antetokounmpo. We have NBA MVP Joel Embiid, like <laughs> all the faces of the NBA right now, MVPs, champions, and Joel Embiid, all of them are these Euro guys that we want to get. Luka Doncic, Euro player from Slovenia, probably the next one on that list at some point. And so I, I think that has to be helping right now. It's really interesting to me, a year ago in the NBA draft, we had a guy named Chet. And he was the skinny dude out of Gonzaga, tall, skinny guy, blocked a lot of shots, could dribble, bring it up the court, shoot threes. And everyone was like, I don't know, man, white, skinny dude from Minnesota named Chet doesn't feel like an NBA star to me. 
Now we got Mystique. We got Victor Wembanyama from France. And we love our <laughs> Euro players. Like, I think if this was like a few years ago and we didn't have the Giannis and Jokic and all the stuff that's been happening already, I feel like this would be in a different spot. So I think that's playing into the hype. The, the, the mystery actually is part of the intrigue right now. It's hard to look. My article is called Confessions of a Victor Wembanyama Skeptic. So I, I'm the, the foremost skeptic here. As the skeptic in my article, things I compare him to, people I compare him to are evolutionary Kevin Garnett, my favorite player of all time in my Twitter avatar, Kevin Garnett, top 20 player of all time, in my opinion. I compare him to evolutionary Bill Russell, who is like the greatest winner in NBA history. Only I, I think like 12 and one in the NBA finals. I'm the skeptic. And these are the comps I have to come up with are these sort of guys. So I think to me, it's less fade Victor. It's more fade the hype, which is a little bit more nuanced in that way. But I think to me, the way to fade the hype in the immediate future is you can bet right now on rookie of the year. And I don't think Victor, even if he is all the things we expect to be, you talked about the size, the thin frame, that's going to take some time, right? It's going to take some time to add muscle, NBA strength, find the game, find the role, get the right guys around him. You're going to need some, some strength around him. You're going to need the right guys to get him the ball. And I think that he's not necessarily going to like run point on the offense. So you need to feed him the right path, get the right shots up. Scoot Henderson, guy that's going to go second or third in the draft, point guard, he is going to have the ball in his hands. He has been playing in G League for two years already. So he's been playing pro ball, running a professional offense already, putting up 17 points, five boards, seven assists. He's a guy that's ready to come in. And in many other drafts where we didn't have Wemanyama, who absolutely should be number one, despite my skepticism, you got to take him number one. That's clear. In many other drafts, Scoot Henderson would be the number one pick. So I think Scoot comes in. We don't quite know what team he's going to be on yet, but I think he's going to be the, the guy that wins rookie of the year. He's going to put up the numbers. Rookie of the year is not about advanced stats and, and defense and winning. Like my research is just basically says, take the guy with the numbers. I think Scoot's going to have the numbers. I think Victor's numbers are going to come and go a little bit. He's going to have nights where he picked up that injury in the first quarter. And then they're like, you know what? Let's play it safe. You're out for tonight. Or we got those two fouls in the first minute or two because he's reaching over guys or something like that. Scoot, I think, is going to play and get the numbers. Plus 450 at, at bet 365. I think is a good number for Scoot. That was my bet in the article. That's the way I'm fading Wembenyama right now. Well, so you made a really interesting point in your story about the season-long stat line these guys generally need to have to win Rookie of the Year. This year, there's an added twist because there's a 66-game minimum for people to be eligible for the awards. So give me your take on why Wembenyama will likely not put himself in a position to win Rookie of the Year because of the game minimum and because of the stat line. And, yeah, and, I think and tell people what that stat line generally needs to be. Sure. So 15 points a game is, is kind of the bare minimum. All but one of the last two decades of rookies of the year, I've had at least 15. Average is about 18 points a game there. Even more than points, points plus rebounds plus assess. If you bet NBA props, you bet the PRA, you're familiar with that one. Points, rebounds, and assess. Minimum since LeBron, all but two rookies of the year, 25 or higher points, rebounds, assess. 
And more lately, it's closer to 30. The last like six guys are averaging over 30 points, rebounds, assess. So Matt Moore and I over at Buckets Podcast argue about this all the time. Really? You're going to really bet rebounds? That's why someone wins Rookie of the Year or doesn't win one of these awards? Really? Yes, because a lot of times voters just look at numbers and they're like, oh, well, this 16, 7, and 2 versus 17, 5, and 7. We all grew up reading baseball cards and looking at numbers. Like we know instinctively as a fan, which one of those number lines stands out. Voting is subjective. This stuff actually does matter to voters. So I think for, for Women Yama, he has right now, I believe the highest usage rate in European history. I don't think that is going to translate at least right away to the NBA. Usage means you're the guy. You're the guy getting the shot up or getting the assist. You're the guy with the ball. I think he's going to be start at least as more of a, a play finisher. Scoot is going to get those shots up. I feel like, like I said, 17, five and seven for Scoot, that's points, rebounds, assists. Those were his G League numbers. That Those are not just made up. That's literally his line as a professional the last two years. 17 is right in line with those points per game. 17, five and seven are right in line with points, rebounds, assists. For Victor, uh, we don't know. His, his numbers in France don't necessarily know if they'll translate. So I think that he ends up something more like 16, 17 points, maybe. I wouldn't be shocked to see him not even hit that 15 points per game mark. The rebounds, he has a very high center of gravity, as you can imagine, as this giant man is very high hips. He gets pushed around a little bit. Again, he needs to have some strength. So he's going to be tall and get rebounds, but he's going to get pushed off a little bit. I don't think he's going to get too many assists. He's a nice passer, but that's just not a role he's going to have. So if he's at like 16, seven and two, you're barely getting to these marks that we're seeing over the years. And maybe the hype is enough to make up for that. But the other side of it is the Spurs really betting against Wemby rookie of the year for me is a little bit betting on the Spurs. San Antonio has been an awesome franchise for decades now. They've had David Robinson. They've had, uh, you know, Tim Duncan. The wild thing is Weminiano might not even be like a top two, number one pick for the Spurs. These are the guys he has to go against, right? Like that's no shame to maybe have to measure up to David Robinson and Tim Duncan. But I think the Spurs are going to be very careful with him. We saw last year, Chad Holmgren, who I mentioned, hasn't played yet in the NBA. He missed his entire rookie season. He picked up a foot injury. They cautiously weighed out the whole year. The Spurs are a smart, smart team. They're going to play this the long game, right? The Spurs don't really care if Victor Wembanyama gets a Rookie of the Year trophy. The Spurs want to win five championships like Tim Duncan did. They're going to play two decades with Wembanyama. They hope they don't need to get him to that 60, 65, whatever games. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a, a guy getting load management right away. Like the way that we see with LeBron, with Kawhi, some of the older players. I think we're going to sit Wamanyama on back-to-backs every now and then. And when he picks up that inevitable injury, not even just because he's injury-prone, just because everyone gets an injury, I think they give him a couple of weeks. Take your time, buddy. It's a long game. We're not going to win the title this year. I don't even know that they make the playoffs. Usually hype rookies like this don't. I think they take their time. They let him sit out a little bit. This is developmental. But all that means you miss a few weeks with an injury. You miss a few games for load management. Suddenly now you might play 50, 55, 60 games. You might not even be eligible. Those rules are still a little bit up in the air right now, but also voters can see that as well. We, even if the rules don't qualify it, if Scoot plays 70 and has better numbers 
and Victor plays 50 or 60 games and the numbers don't stack up, I just think Scoot could be the guy that comes away as the winner there. Chet Holmgren is so interesting to me because it has kind of been forgotten that he didn't play last year. And because of that, he is eligible for rookie of the year this year. Where would you stack his odds in terms of value compared yeah. to Webanyama, compared to Scoot Henderson? Um, I love Chet the other day. Someone said to him, who's the best player in the NBA? And he said, in two months, it'll be me. Like the guy is not lacking. He's got a ton of swag. Um, what do you think of his numbers right now? I think he's probably plus 500, I think. Yeah, I think I've seen Chet even as long as like 650, 700 at some books. It's those three, really. Those are the three guys, which makes sense. Another number from my article is basically just overwhelmingly top three draft picks win rookie of the year. And even among that, almost 50% of all the rookie of the year in the last like two decades have been the number one pick. Duh, we know who the best player is. They go number one to a bad team that puts them in. We saw last year, Paolo Boncaro, number one pick, one rookie of the year. Chad Holmgren win the top three last year. So he qualifies under that. We have four top three picks this year because of that. So I love Chet, the prospect. Uh, I, I was very high on him. He's number one on my board last year. I don't want any piece of Chet Holmgren for rookie of the year. Has nothing to do with the fact that I, that like nothing to do with this prospect. It is all the things we said about Weminyama are true and truer of Chet Holmgren. The body is still going to take some time, probably a little better now than it was a year ago, but it's going to take some time to get there. He's definitely not a guy who's going to run point or play with the ball in his hands. He's going to be a play finisher. He's going to get some of that foul trouble. He surely is going to get load managed and miss some injury time. He just missed an entire season. OKC, another very smart, patient organization. So I don't think Chet is going to have the numbers. When guys like me log into basketball reference and pull up the BPMs and VORPs and Schwarps and all the advanced stats, I'm going to be the one on the podcast saying, guys, Chet should be rookie of the year. Look at the advanced metrics. He's amazing. Voters don't vote on that stuff. Voters want numbers. That's what we've seen. So I think Chet and Victor will be really good rookies. I think Scoot Henderson will have numbers and be pretty good and be rookie of the year. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A lot of drama, a lot of a lot of questions, especially from our amp listeners. Shout out to all our amp listeners, especially H Bone, big big fan of H Bone. Uh, what's the drama right now between the number two and number three pick? I feel like that's really where this draft gets going, right? I feel like everyone's been yeah. talking about the two and three pick. They've been flip flopping. I mean, 
Chatter knows why I like. I like Scoot. I mean, how can you not love a guy with the name Scoot? Um, <laughs> and I think, what is it, Brandon Miller, his other guy? Yes. He had one of the worst quotes I've ever seen, ever seen in my life. If someone's your favorite player, you don't call them the GOAT. You just say, that's my favorite player. <laughs> so someone asked him, is LeBron James the GOAT or Michael Jordan? He said, neither. My, my GOAT is Paul George. I, I couldn't believe that the, the interviewer just let that go. This kid might be an idiot, but he's looking <laughs> like he might be going number two overall. What's your view on the number two and number three pick? We've seen some crazy movement here in the last 24 hours. Yeah, the, the line movement has gone heavily towards Brandon Miller being number two to the Charlotte Hornets right now. It was something like minus 200 as I went to bed last night. It's up closer to minus 500 now. We're moving strongly in the range now where it looks like Miller is likely the pick. But you guys remember a year ago, we did this at the top yeah. of the draft. When Mignano's number one, forget about it. Pretend number two is number one. That's where the draft starts. <laughs> Last year, we had Paolo Boncaro was not supposed to go number one. We had Jabari Smith, I think something like minus 100,000 the day before the draft to go number one. And then started coming down minus 60,000, minus 20,000 got to like minus 1300. And then there was another tweet right before the draft, like a couple hours before that, that said, okay, you know, the sources said, no, it's Jabari. Jabari is number one. And the line shot right back up again. This, the thing with the NBA draft that's different than, than betting on a game or even betting on NFL draft. It, it's all information. It's all Intel information and misinformation in one guy's information coming out feeds the next mock draft feeds the next report and the next everyone wants cred, right? So you got to be really careful about who you're getting your, your tweets and your sources from not just the guy with like the misspelled letter in the name. So it's a fake version, but different sources are getting the same text from the same agents and the same sources. Charlotte, of course, is all reporting right now. All the reporting is saying Charlotte wants Brandon Miller, the wing out of Alabama shoots the ball. Well, good size sort of guy that every NBA player you know, every, every NBA team would want Paul George is a good count for him. That's who I would compare uh, Brandon Miller to. So sure. It, it can be his goat, I guess. Horrendous quote. I don't know what you're doing there. Scoot Henderson is a face of the franchise sort of guy. He's a leader. He played in the fall. He played against women. Yama. There is this two game series and Scoot is a six, two point guard. And he went right at the seven, four dude. Now he got blocked. But he went right at him. He he got that dog in him, right? Like he fights, he plays hard, athletic, Derrick Rose sort of player. So to me, as a scout and from a lot of the draft Twitter that I've seen, Scoot is the guy that is number two and really number two in a tier of his own. Brandon Miller doesn't seem like the guy there, but the Hornets have a point guard already. So there's a lot of talk like, well, do you, do you draft for fit or do you draft for need? An NFL draft, you, if you have a quarterback, great. Well, we're not going to take one of the quarterbacks. Maybe we trade out. The NBA is more fluid because you just put these five guys out there. Scoot Henderson could play with LaMelo Ball. They could both play together. You can have two guys run point a little bit and share the duties. You might actually be better off that way. You can play multiple wings, three, four of them sometimes, like Brandon Miller. So to me, that's where things start. The drama is this. Miller is not necessarily the guy that's number two overall, but expected to go number two right now. Portland sits at number three. Portland doesn't want Scoot Henderson necessarily, it seems, because he's a point guard. Portland has a superstar point guard, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, just coming off of one of his best seasons, he doesn't want to bring in you know a 19-year-old point guard to sit behind him and come off the bench. He wants to win. He wants to go win right now. 
So that's the drama is Portland would like to trade that pick for Paul George is one of the rumors that's come out for Zion Williamson, possibly. These are some of the names being rumored. Matt Moore has an article up at Action Network with some of the, the Portland rumors. But it's really fascinating that if Miller does go number two, like the odds suggest, right now, that puts Portland, it kind of corners them. And they're stuck, stuck quote unquote, with the guy that most people would want to have anyways in Scoot Henderson, when they really would like to trade and get some veteran help, trade out. If they do take Scoot, that might be the next domino that we spend the next week talking about, okay, well, here comes that trade request from, from Damian Lillard. And now where's he going to go? Is he going to go to the Heat or the Lakers or the Clippers or something like that? In the NBA, it's almost as much fun in the offseason as it is in the games, just watching all, all the hype and where the players all go. So it's tough to bet on it. You got to get the intel and you got to act fast. But that's what the drama looks like at two and three right now. I feel like someone like the Bulls, and I read Matt's sort of intel reports. There's been a lot of conversations about Zach Levine being on the market. The Bulls should go all in, get rid of Zach Levine, send him to Portland for a bushel of players and that number three spot and get Scoot Henderson and start rebuilding. Not even a rebuild. You get Scoot Henderson, you plop him in there. Uh, that could be a team that has much higher ceiling in the long run. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of veterans like that. I would love to see the Chicago Bulls hit the rebuild switch but I've been waiting for that for a few years now, and they kind of keep doubling down and tripling down, trading for Vooch, trading for DeMar DeRozan. So there are a lot of names out there. And the question for a lot of these teams is you see Denver, you see what they can do and win the championship. Can we beat them? Can we be that level of team? And if we can't, then where are we? Because for the Bulls, for example, they were a few minutes away from beating the Miami Heat and knocking them out of the play-in and out of the playoffs entirely and then the Heat are in the finals. So if you're Chicago, which version of reality do you accept? Do you accept the one that says, well, we almost beat the Heat. Maybe we would have made the run of the finals. That's delusional. You should not accept that reality. But you could try to talk yourself into that. Or you could accept, well, we should have not even been in that position. Let's trade our guys. Let's trade Levine. Let's get that haul. Get these, you know, huge swing of first round picks. And, you know, there's a difference between... Uh, we're giving you two picks, three, four picks versus this is the number three pick. And in reality, if it's Scoot, it's kind of like the number one pick. You don't get to trade for the number one pick in a draft, that level of prospect, that guy is not available. Like the Spurs are not taking offers for one Manyama. There's, there are no offers. No, they, they've disconnected the phones. They've left the facilities. They're out partying, celebrating the future with him. I, I think Scoot is not that but is the sort of guy that you, if he's possibly available, you find a way to make the offer. For me, a long shot bet if you want here, I still think Scoot could be in play to go number two just because of the trade value. Maybe a late offer comes in for Charlotte. I like in drafts to bet on uncertainty. I like Brandon Miller to go number four in the draft because if he's not number two, everyone agrees, Scoot two or three for sure. Not everyone agrees Brandon Miller is the next, that same level or the next guy. At, to go number four is 25 to one right now at bet 365. If you think that there's a little bit of uncertainty there, if he doesn't go number two, then maybe he slips a little bit further than people think. 
So I like to bet on some of these long shots. You guys know I'm a long shots guy. I think that's one that if things slip, it could end up hitting. You remember last time the Blazers passing a guy just so that the, uh, (laughs) not the Bears, that Chicago could move in and take a guy that they didn't need because they already had the position filled. So as someone that secretly loves the Blazers, I always wish the best for the Blazers just because their fans are amazing. I mean, game time in that playoff series when he hit that overtime shot and the whole crowd went wild. It was just like, God, I want Portland to get us get you know a world championship. Man, would I hate this move for them? It's it's just it's terrifying to think that they have a high draft pick like this and they're going to keep on trying to make it work with Dame. Trade Dame to the Sixers, please. Let this guy go somewhere else and get a <laughs> ring. It's not happening in Portland. I, I'm I'm a big believer in they need to start over. I feel like Scoot would be the perfect player for them to start over with. Like I feel like everything you just said is so true. Where. This kid, you'll grow with him, and you'll be the leader, and he's the point guard, and he's a dog. He's just such a dog. Like, if you watch his film, like you said, he went right at Victor. There's no one that's too big for him. There's no one he fears, and I love that for a kid coming in the NBA. He really reminds me of another style. is not the exact same, but he reminds me of D-Wade at Marquette. D-Wade played with the same style. He would really throw his body at guys. He'd always go really hard at the hoop. So, Brandon, just looking at everything we just talked about, if we see Scoot go number two, is that a Michael Jordan pick? Is that the rumors we're hearing right now out of Charlotte that he's still the one making the pick? So I just want to hear your opinion. Would that be a Michael Jordan pick or is there someone that's coming in the last minute? Because Charlotte might trade that number two pick. Do you think anything like that's going to happen or is this going to be Charlotte Charlotte's pick at number two? Yeah, it's wild to me that, yeah, we saw news today that Michael Jordan apparently gets final say on the pick. What are we doing? Michael Jordan has sold the team (laughs) and been horrendous owning the team. It's why we're we're, like Michael Jordan is the goat. Michael Jordan's the guy, but not as an executive, not as an owner. I don't know why you would possibly let MJ have the final say on it. To me, despite that, it's either Charlotte stays at two and takes Brandon Miller. That seems like the thing that that's the Intel we've seen all along. I don't think Charlotte takes scoot. We just haven't seen them in love with them. We've, we've seen from the night of the lottery that Miller is, is their guy. If they stay, if it is scoot at two, I think it has to be a trade. I think it's okay. that new Orleans or, or uh, one of these other teams, Toronto has been interested teams trying to trade in. We have not heard any rumors about, Team X is interested in trading up for Brandon Miller. No rumors of that. Everybody wants to trade for Scoot. Take the hint, Charlotte. What are you doing? Like when everyone wants the same guy, maybe take the guy, take the Michael Jordan of the draft, not not the Sam Bowie, but you know, it's Charlotte. (laughs) It's part of the fun of these drafts is you get to bank on some of these teams being, well, teams to bet against as well. Well, here's what's interesting. If you look back in history, the Blazers, Sam Bowie or Michael Jordan, (laughs) they take Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie has a history of injury problems, never becomes the player, right? They have the chance, Greg Oden or Kevin Durant, they take Greg Oden, history of injury problems, never becomes a great player. Kevin Durant, Michael Jordan, obviously have become who they become. This year, the Blazers are in a position where they don't get the option to choose between a potentially generational talent whose body type historically breaks down, whether it's Greg Oden, Sam Bowie, uh, Yao Ming, Kevin Durant, Chet Holmgren, like the, the evidence for people like that being able to maintain health for a consistent period of time in the, in the NBA is clearly against him. Or Scoot Henderson, who everyone loves and would be a consensus number one, 
just it, it would be poetic for the Blazers to be able to get Scoot Henderson because they can't make the wrong choice. Do you know what I mean? Between yeah. Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson. They just get the guy who is the obvious guy to take if they're lucky enough to take him. Um, before we let you go, I would be remiss and Matt Mitchell <laughs> would kill me if I didn't bring up the fact that there is a duo known as the Thompson Twins, and we don't mean the 80s pop band with seven top 40 hits that might sing a song whose chorus goes... talking about the Thompson twins, Brandon Anderson. What are we doing with those two? Yeah, these are the mystery guys in this draft. These are identical twins, six foot seven, seven foot wingspan. They're elite athletes. Amon Thompson is expected to be something like a top five athlete in the NBA instantly. The moment he gets drafted, like that's the level of athletes we're talking about. Asar Thompson, the twin brother, like identical twins, like actually impossibly frustrating to watch tape of and scout because you, you have to watch the Jersey number. So you're like, same thing, same look, same style of play, the way that they dribble, the way that they shoot. It, it's so much is similar here. What's wild is we got Victor, the guy overseas. We've got Brandon Miller. We, we've got, you know, he played in college, even Scoot Henderson G league. We can watch those games on ESPN on streaming, whatever the Thompson twins played in overtime elite. This is a non-collegiate league. This is guys, a lot of them are like 16, 17, 18-year-olds. The Thompson Twins are 20. So we have these hyper-athletic 20-year-olds mashing against 16-year-olds. What do we do with that? Like, I don't know what to tell of the tape of that. Like, great. So go to the park and find some 20-year-olds and have them team up against some 16-year-olds and see who play, like, who, who comes out ahead. Like, the athleticism difference and body type and age of a four-year swing at that age is massive. So how do we evaluate that, especially when our Thompson twins, these guys, by the way, are going to be almost certain top 10, possibly both top five. That's the guys we're talking about here. Overtime elites never had a player in their program drafted before. They're supposed to have multiple last year. None of them made it into the draft, even the second round. So what do we do? We haven't seen them really have uh, real competition the last couple of years. We haven't really seen them have great coaching necessarily or great development during these critical years. Amen is the guy that has the higher ceiling. He's possibly his favorite right now to go number four to the Houston Rockets. Asar is more of a wing player. Amen might be like a Ben Simmons, the kind that actually played the good Ben Simmons, the way he plays defense and passes, uses his height. That's kind of what he is. But like Ben Simmons, the reason that comp is there is because neither of these guys shoots the ball at all. Amon's shot is really rough looking right now and shooting can be developed and come around, but tough to make your franchise pick of the top five on a guy that just can't shoot at all right now. Asar has the higher floor to me. He's the safer choice. He, to me, is a guy that has the more NBA ready role. He's more of a wing. He's more of a complimentary player. He moves the ball along, plays defense well, defends with the team really well. I like, to me, the fact that Asar has more uh, more range of outcomes in the draft 
Amon Thompson, think about Ben Simmons. If that's the sort of player he's like, you have to have a very specific team. Simon knows you've got to have the right dudes around Ben Simmons for that to work. And I'm not talking about the injuries and all the stuff now. Good Ben Simmons needs the right guys around him because if you can't shoot in the modern NBA and you're not a center, everything has to be perfect. Amon has very specific teams he can go to or teams that might like him. I think Asar plays for any team. Asar is, is like Brandon Miller. He's a wing. He's a wing that goes out and does all the things that you need. So they're fun. We don't know what they are. They're guys that we're going to want to watch in summer league for sure. A bet I like, again, betting on uncertainty. Amon is the guy that is rumored to go fourth, possibly fifth, possibly even could be someone you trade up for. I'm going to bet against it. I'm going to bet on Asar to go ahead of Amon. Bet on the Thompson twins. It's plus 275 right now at bet 365. I'll bet on the guy that has less of a hype, but many of the scouts feel like he's the more ready player and a guy that fits rosters just much more easily. So I don't know about the 80s band. I, I can't bet on them either way, but I like Asar. I like him a little better than Amon. I think he's a safer play. So plus 275 to go ahead of Amon. It's my final long shot for the podcast today. All right. So before we let you go, uh, <clears throat> recap, Scoot Henderson to win Rookie of the Year, plus 450 at Bet365, fading Victor. Brandon Miller, surprise, go number four, 25 to one at Bet365. And now uh, Osser, Asar. Asar Thompson. Asar Thompson, plus 275 um, to go before his brother. Uh, let's do a lightning round. Give me some lightning round bets before we let you go. All right, so I'm giving out all long shots. If you want a shorter, more certain hit, one of the best over-unders I like on the board is Gigi Jackson, over 26 and a half. So in draft terms, that means picks 27th or lower. Gigi Jackson reclassified. He's one of the youngest guys in draft at South Carolina. He is young, and he looked the part. He played young. He played immature. He got benched for a stretch of the season. He had a lot of bad body language. And he's had a lot of rough interview process as well. And that stuff matters this time of the year for draft. You're interviewing. You're interviewing for a job position. I don't think it's gone well for him. His, his agent also is an agent that has no other NBA players currently right now. That matters too. You need to get the phone call. You need the connection. So I'll bet the over on him. It's minus 160, but I'll drink the juice on that one. I said last long shot, but let me give you my longest long shot here. Jordan Walsh to go first round. If you can still get it 30 to one, I, I think I see it right now with that bets 365 is 16 to one. Get the longest number you can. Jordan Walsh, to me, other than the centers, is the best defender in the draft. He's from Arkansas, huge wingspan, reminds me of kind of Andre Iguodala, guy that can defend maybe all five positions on a court. He can't play offense at all, does nothing on offense right now. So that's why his stock is low and why he's not potentially a first round pick. He doesn't shoot, doesn't really dribble that well. So guys are like, well, he plays defense, but we don't have a role for him on offense. This is not the NFL. You got to play both, both ways. You don't get a sub off halfway down the court. But those sort of guys, if you get the right fit, and sometimes your defense is good enough, especially on the ball, like Walsh could be, you find a way. And look, look at the past couple NBA champions. Denver Nuggets had Bruce Brown, a guy that nobody could find a spot for. And Denver found a spot saying, hey, you know what? Defend cut to the basket, fit in our system. We got offense. Nikola Jokic, he'll do the rest. Just, just watch for the ball. Can you make a layup and dunk the ball? He'll find you. Look, look at the Golden State Warriors. 
have had Gary Payton in a role like that, have had Andre Iguodala, late career Andre Iguodala, that doesn't have much offense, and Draymond Green, who doesn't have really any shooting or offense. They find ways to give these guys a role enough and then keep their defense on the court. So Jordan Walsh, 30 to 1, 16 to 1, whatever the longest number you can get. I've seen him linked to Denver, by the way. And just before we came on, like half an hour ago, the Denver Nuggets just made a trade. They traded up from the second round. They now have the number 29 pick in the first round. They're one of the teams that has been linked to Jordan Walsh. There's starting to be some breadcrumbs there. This number is getting shorter. I've seen it as short as six to one, some books. So he's a guy that I like a lot. And I think that's my other favorite long shot on the board here. All right. Brandon Anderson, excellent season with the NBA. We're giving you a little bit of time to think before we get into the NFL. Um, Simon, I don't know about you. I feel fully prepped. Yeah, I'm fired up for the draft. I am fired up for the draft. I'm going to be there tomorrow night. I'm going to be really? there. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go. Got the action pass on your neck? Uh, I guess it will say action. Yes, it will. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I don't, I, actually, I don't know. I don't know if I have a ticket. Do I have a credential? I'm an invited guest of the NBA. So I don't know if there's like a special VIP entrance for me, for all the riffraff that are invited guests of the NBA. I'll report back, but I'm going to be there. Chad, are you going to get a picture with you and Victor? I, I think we need a Wembenyana and Chad picture together. <laughs> I don't think there's a framing that can get both of us <laughs> in there at the same time. I don't know if you guys saw the picture of him and J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick, 6'4". I mean, he looks like a tiny little ant. <laughs> the guy is just freakish in every way with, uh, with his body. Um, as a reminder... The Favorites Podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. Bet365 is now live in Iowa. New users in the Hawkeye State, you get an even bigger sign-up offer. $1, get $365 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, and Iowa. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. I am Chad Millman. For Simon Hunter. For Matt Mitchell. This has been the Favorites Podcast. Part of the Action Network. Download from Spotify, from Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, leave us five stars, say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until next time, love you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.